this episode of who is a young medical doctor and who studied medicine at Pontificia University Masters in Public Health from the Universita Pompeo Fabra in Barcelona, Spain. So since he started and held several positions in the association up until 2016. In addition, he was also a member of the International Federation of Medical Students as MSA, general and to the Americas region in 2014 to 2015. Through the started his activism for reproductive rights by advocating for safe and legal building for advocacy for medical students. So after finishing med school, David became a member of the youth coalition for sexual and reproductive health rights. As a mem- as a mem- medical doctor in a rural community in the Ecuadorian Amazon rainforest in a primary care facility. In the communities in remote locations. Currently, David is a member of the International Youth Health Organization and the NCH. Youth constituency. David is a strategic partnerships and program. And a commissioner of the Lancet Commission for Adolescent Health and Wellbeing. Welcome, David. So happy to have you. Thank you so much, uh, Jimmy, and thank you very much for the fact for inviting me to speak in your podcast. Uh, this is my first time speaking in a podcast ever, so uh, bear with me uh, as I as I speak here. Uh, and yeah, very happy to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. We're so, so happy to have you here today. So, um, David, so I'm going to be asking you. Uh, most of now, some of them are also going to be relating to your work. So I'm, I'm going to be asking you, what is what journey in the health sector? What, what has it, when did you begin? When did you start? Motivation. That you want to share. yeah do you want to like tell us a bit about that yeah for sure uh so my journey in health started when i started medicine studying uh medicine uh in college um at first i had like these big dreams or becoming a surgeon like uh very specialized something uh being in the hospital like you know like that, that kind of dream yeah um eventually as i moved forward in med school um, I started to notice some things, for example, health inequalities. I noticed uh, the lack of uh, public health preventive measures in, in Ecuador in my context. And that's basically how I, I also started being part of the IFMSA, the International Federation of Medical Students Associations, uh, mm-hmm. the chapter in Ecuador. Uh, I joined first just um, in my local uni- in my university, uh, doing some local projects, mostly focusing on public health, uh, especially in the areas of 
uh, diabetes, hypertension, uh, non-communicable diseases. Um, and that's how I started. And that's how I started to to navigate through these different youth organizations and also to engage also in some some sort of advocacy uh, at the local level. Uh, yeah, that's how yeah. I started. However, uh, eventually I also like realized uh, that there were some things that I wasn't working on, some like specific topics and mostly because of personal circumstances and, and like issues internally. For example, the topic of SRHR, Sexual and Reproductive Health and Rights, uh, was something that was very close to my heart because I, at the moment, I, I, I mean, I wasn't out as a gay man, uh, but eventually through the work of the IFMSA, I also became to get involved in different uh, mm -hmm. SRHR topics, for example, working on uh, peer education, uh, sexuality education, uh, what else, uh, safe abortion as well, uh, STIs, mm -hmm. HIV, and that's how it like basically started my working in SRHR. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you. Um, I studied medicine. Do you think studying medicine played a part or a role in, in this kind of journey? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, sometimes I, I just reflect on, on, on this journey and I am like, yeah, I probably, I mean, I could have not studied medicine and still like then have a master's degree in public health or in engaging global health. But mm -hmm. I think that if I hadn't like studied medicine and like being in close contact with the communities and, and the patients, I wouldn't have realized this health inequality that I was mentioning before. Yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't have probably like see the bigger picture and actually like pursue a career in, in a career in public health and global health. Yeah. And I wouldn't mm. be here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Sure. Okay second question um so i read in your bio that you were president of the international medical students association ifmsa i i i get that that this is quite huge for yeah for time uh, and, uh, what was it like for you did you what what, what was the process and like like what do you want yeah for sure what um, so, yeah. what what were your special highlights? What were the moments during your presidency, and what did you It was like a framework of how it works. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I was president of the Association of, of Medical Students in Ecuador, uh, of the national chapter, which is part of the IFMSA. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that for me, I mean, it, I, it was a journey as well. I started as a, as a local public health officer, then I became national public health officer, then I was I was mm -hmm. vice president, and then I became the president. So it was like a four four year four year journey or so. Um, and it definitely it was very interesting. I mean, I gained so many skills that I didn't get from med school. Uh, for example, you know, like these leadership skills, these soft skills, uh, public speaking, uh, project management, and so on, that are very, very important for the real life. But mm -hmm. these are the things that you are not taught in med school. So I, I would be forever grateful with the IFMSA and, and the association in Ecuador for all the knowledge and the training and the capacity that I developed in, in, my, in my time during in the IFMSA. Um, I think that during my, my, my time as president, uh, for me the highlight was to organize in Ecuador 
the first Latin American cooperation for maternal health and safe abortion. Mm. Uh, we did that with the, in collaboration with the IFMSA and also with IPAS, which is this uh, NGO that works on safe abortion. Um, and basically, we're, we, we developed this trainer training of trainers in Ecuador, and we brought people from, from all over the, the region, from the Americas, from Europe, uh, some of the trainers. And yeah, I mean, that's how I also engaged in, in the topic of safe abortion. And then that's how I also became a trainer. And my advocacy in the topic became during that event. So mentioned a lot about advocating for safe and legal abortion, which was also one of the things that how has it been? Yeah, so I think that um, it's, it's been very interesting uh, as someone who is, I mean, of course, I am a cisgender man. I am a, a gay man who, of course, will never, most likely will never have to deal with, uh, with a pregnancy or abortion in my life. Um, so it would be like, why are you engaging in this? But for mm -hmm. me personally, it was about empathy. It was about uh, understanding how there are different roles in society that basically are forcing women and people who can who can get pregnant to to have a, a a pregnancy and to like have a child and, and everything. So for me, it was basically this this sense of injustice of, of social injustice and, and all the structures that are behind this. Um, so, such as like, you know, like uh, patriarchy, sexism, um, even like economic and, and labor related uh, mm -hmm. inequalities, which are also related to these and many privileges as well, depending on where you live, for example, you know, like being in the global north is most likely you will be able to get a safe abortion, while in the global mm -hmm. south is still a struggle, particularly in Latin America, where there are like restrictive laws and conservative movements and the, the, the the church has a major role in, 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 the, in the laws that are guiding the country. So yeah, that's how I, that's why I became involved and that's why I, I actually like, like really, really became an advocate for this. Yes, that, that's perfect. So, so and I don't know if you have any background knowledge or any kind of knowledge back to your country in Ecuador. Well, I believe that's your home country, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Born and raised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I see, I see the passion when you talk about Ecuador. And so I was going to ask you, what's like the... Also, you can relate this to the global HIV and its... Um, across the globe yeah um, so I, I do have like some some knowledge about the situation here in Ecuador on HIV um, I know that the I mean in general same as, as most as most countries there's a lot of stigma around HIV still uh, and as well as AIDS um, however I do think that there's been progress lately in the past few years in terms of um, accessing to health services at least um, however of course you know because of political changes and, and the situation that is changing fastly um, there are sometimes you know like i see on social media that people report like the lack of mm -hmm. um, of, of, of drugs available 
uh, in the public sector. So that is still a struggle. Um, I am aware that also some people like they do like get this the the, the antiretrovirals like on, on like private uh, facilities. So of course there's also this is an inequality gap that mm-hmm. uh, is part of the pandemic the, the epidemic sorry of, of HIV. Uh, which is related as well with social inequalities and injustice. Um, what else? I think that, um, yeah, there's a major role here as well from civil society in the HIV response. Um, there are like the provision, the provision of services is also covered by some uh, NGOs who are like giving these tests with a, a reduced price uh, or even for free in some cases. Um, so that's also something that is, is available. Uh, when I was also working in the, as a medical doctor in the Amazon rainforest, uh, as a public yeah, uh, facility, that. we did cover, yeah, we did cover mm-hmm. like uh, HIV services. Uh, however, I do think that there's a lot of stigma still. Uh, I remember that when I, when I had like my patients, I always like advise them like, like, do you want to get an HIV test or do you know about HIV? Uh, regardless of, of, of what they were, they were coming from, for. Uh, because I think that as a medical doctor, every every time that you see a patient is an opportunity for you to like offer these kind of services that are usually yeah. not asked, and is a huge opportunity for them to know their status, which means a lot for for their health. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for sharing, David. So the last question is not. Words for everyone um, because we have listeners who are always coming here to listen. Even working the sexual and reproductive health rights sector, um, your general young people, what would be your last one? Uh, last words I think that keep fighting, keep dreaming, um, keep engaging as much as you want in in, in this world of, of global health development and SRHR. Uh, I think that there are many opportunities and the worst, I, I always say this, that the worst thing that can happen is that they will say no. So whenever you see an opportunity, go for it. Um, there are so many out there and I know that you will be the right fit for, for one of them. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this conversation so much and I'm so happy.